This is Ned Ryan, and welcome to episode 46 of the Ned Ryan Podcast. I wanted to talk about H.R. 1 today, which is Nancy Pelosi's bill that just passed the House, I believe it was 220 to 210, is now going to the Senate, but it basically is Nancy Pelosi's bill to completely restructure our election process and really codify what happened last fall. And again, I would encourage you guys, if you've not read the Time Magazine article from about three weeks ago about them you know, fessing up to what they actually did, the great cabal conspiracy collusion between a lot of the corporations, Chamber of Commerce, AFL-CIO, Big Tech, to fortify the elections. I would encourage you to read it. So now what Democrats want to do, obviously being spearheaded by Nancy Pelosi, is codify a lot of the stuff they got away with. Last fall. And so I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about some of the stuff that Ron DeSantis and some of the other Republicans are doing to combat that. But also, again, some of the things that you can be doing, right? Because this is this is a huge deal. And, and if this is not defeated, and again, it's passed out of the House, but the odds of it passing the Senate are fairly slim, which is good news. Because I would remind people, they have the legislative filibuster still, right? The filibuster for judges has been removed. But the filibuster for legislative for uh, legislative bills has not been. So Democrats would need 60 votes, and they're not going to get it, right? There's no way. There might be a few Republicans because they're idiots. Again, Mitt Romney, etc. might actually vote with them. But I don't think they're going to get to the 60-vote threshold necessary to be able to mo- uh, get this through to the actual floor and have a debate and actually vote on it. So good news is H.R. 1 is probably DOA uh, when it hits the Senate. But I want you to know what's in it, and I also want you to know what Ron DeSantis and some of the other Republicans are up to. So, um, again, I'll start with um, H.R. 1, and it's called For the People Act, right? They always do these Orwellian things, you know, when in fact it's nothing that has nothing to do really with advancing the interests of the American people as a whole. It has everything to basically make cheating easier, right? They want to mandate mail-in ballots, same-day voter registration, uh, felon reenfranchisement, restrictions on campaign financing, outlawing of gerrymandering. They want to legalize ballot harvesting. So all of that is contained within HR1. We'll discuss that more. But Ron DeSantis, about three weeks ago, um, you know, announced some of his reform items. Breitbart covered it. So on Friday, February 19th, DeSantis, DeSantis listed several reforms for the state of Florida, paving the way for other states to follow suit. The reforms include initiatives to ensure ballot integrity, addressing the use of ballot drop boxes, ballot harvesting, and effectively banning mass vote by mail, something other several states embraced, obviously, in the 2020 election. Uh, per DeSantis' proposal, vote-by-mail requests must be made each election year, and ballot signatures must match the most recent signatures on file. So Florida has had a significant vote-by-absentee ballot for decades. Okay, this is This is one of the things where... I explained to people, absentee ballot voting by mail, if it is done legally, as the laws state, if there is signature validation, absentee ballots are, are fine. If someone can't vote in person, obviously you've got to have the ability for them to vote other by other means, but there have to be very strict laws on how they do it. can't be willy-nilly. You can't have just mass mail out of ballots, and the rules have to be followed. Okay, So DeSantis noted that last Last November, Florida held the smoothest, most successful election of any state in the country. 
While we should celebrate this feat, we will not rest on our laurels. Today, we are taking action to ensure that Florida remains a leader on key issues regarding our electoral process, such as ballot integrity, public access to election information, transparency of election reporting, and more. By strengthening these election integrity protections, we will ensure that our elections remain secure and transparent, and that Florida's electoral process remains a blueprint for other states to follow. We did it right in 2020, and they did. I mean, the amazing part about Florida is one of the biggest states. I think it's, is it the third largest state, fourth largest state in the country? One of the largest states in the country. And yet we knew by election night who had won Florida, right? And they have significant, you know, voting by mail, absentee ballot. But the way that they've done it, Florida Florida's laws need to be passed in other states. Ohio's kind of got something similar, but you should be able to count absentee ballots. I want to say it's two to three days before election day. You can start counting them. So that on election night, after you've counted all the in-person voting, you've already tabulated the absentee ballots, the mail ballots. And then on election night, I think it was 10 or 11 o'clock, they were able to announce the winner of the state. That, that's one of the reasons um, that I want to see Florida laws passed throughout the country because we don't want election weeks. That's where m- mischief happens. That's where people start to play games. Election day is election day, not election weeks. And Florida's done it right, and they've been doing it right for decades. So DeSantis articulated the following proposals. Uh, This is, again, three weeks ago. Political parties and candidates cannot be shut out from observing the signature matching process. What a shocking concept. Common sense, right? Observers from either party should be within uh, close enough range to be able to identify and confirm, yes, in fact, that signature matches that mail-in ballot signature. Right. This, this we're only asking for common sense, fair election process. Supervisors of elections must post overvote ballots to be considered by the canvassing board on their website before the canvassing board meets. Uh, his proposals also prohibit counties from receiving grants from private third-party organizations for get-out-the-vote initiatives. What is that specifically? That's specifically targeting Zuckerberg Center for Tech and Civic Life, as I've mentioned in a previous podcast in which Mark Zuckerberg dropped $350 million into the Center for Tech and Civic Life, and they ended up spending, based off reporting that we can get from the Amistad Project and others, about 99.5% of their monies in blue counties and blue cities to boost the blue vote, right? Third party paying election officials, even election judges in Philadelphia, Center for Tech and Civic Life paying these people, to boost get-out-the-vote initiatives for their coronavirus safe elections project. So DeSantis is saying we're going to prohibit counties from being able to do that. And, and other, other states are doing this as well, which is good news, right? You can't have private funding of public government election officials because it corrupts the process. Um, one of DeSantis's proposal would require real-time reporting of voter turnout data at the precinct level. Supervisors of elections must report how many ballots have been requested, how many have been received, and how many are left to be counted, right? Again, it's, this is about transparency. If there were a million ballots requested, uh, let's say 800,000 have been received and there's 200,000, you know, that uh, uh, 800,000 received and out of those, there's maybe 100,000 left to be counted. So just there's just public real-time reporting on what's actually taking place with some of the mail-in votes. So Tom Cotton uh, also has commented on some of this uh, voter election Mischief that the Democrats are trying to pull off again as encapsulated. I think it's like a 700-page or almost 800-page 
bill, H.R. 1. So Tom Cotton uh, commented on this recently. Again, Breitbart covered it, but he was talking about how House Democrats won, again, the national mandate by vote, uh, vote by mail, national mandate for vote by mail, ballot harvesting. They want to end photo ID. They actually have an H.R. 1 uh, provision where you can't actually clean voter rolls. That could be perceived as voter suppression. So Breitbart uh, noted that H.R. 1, dubbed For the People Act, would nationally mandate automated mailing out of ballots to registered voters for elections while prohibiting states from having photo ID requirements for ballot submission or signature verification of ballots, which is outside the norm, right? I've mentioned this before. It's worth mentioning again. Most civilized countries, for example, I think it's 85% of the European Union nations, if you're in the country, you cannot vote by mail, right? If you are actually in the country on election day, you and are going to be there for election day, you can't vote by mail. For the other remaining countries, if you want to vote by mail, you actually have to submit a legitimate uh, verified photo ID to get a mail-in ballot. Democrats want to do away with all of that, right? They, they want to do universal mail-in because, again, all the shenanigans that take place with mail-in voting, as the French discovered over 45 years ago. And yet here we are doing the exact same thing. And it's not because they're wanting integrity of the vote. They're not wanting electoral integrity. They're wanting to make it easier to cheat, period. So back in December, uh, Tom Cotton, out of Arkansas, said the following about H.R. 1, which again has just passed in the last day or two. It's a tradition that a new House majority re- reserves as top priority for what they call H.R. 1, which is House Resolution Number 1, the very first bill that's introduced in a new session. H.R. 1, under Nancy Pelosi, is a radical election law bill from the last Congress, uh, which was then, of course, reintroduced into this Congress, that would have mandated universal mail-out balloting in every state of the Union. Cotton also pointed out that H.R. 1, and again, this has also been included in the most recent version of the bill, uh, would have prohibited, uh, wouldn't have only prohibited photo identification, which is needful, it would have prohibited even signature verification, which ironically, little side note here, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, being recalled, guess who is calling for very strict signature verification in the recall effort? Gavin Newsom. Guess what Democrats were fighting tooth and nail? in the 2020 presidential, signature verification. It's a big deal. So H.R. 1, according to to Cotton, would impose draconian restrictions on campaign spending so Republicans and conservatives can't spend our own money to get our message out, while Democrats would rely, of course, on the tech giants and mainstream media to get their message out. So unfortunately, Tom Cotton says this, I don't see Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in the House taking many steps to protect the integrity of our elections. So it's really incumbent upon Republicans at the state level, especially those states that have troubled elections and have the biggest problems over the next two to four years, like Pennsylvania, like Michigan, like Wisconsin, to take steps to protect the integrity of the vote. We have Republican legislatures in those states. In 2022, we could have Republican governors. So I would just encourage all of our fellow Republicans in those states that have had troubles to look carefully at their election laws because you can pass all the tax policy you want. You can pass all the education policy. But if you're in the state legislature and you don't have elections with integrity, you can never be certain that those changes are going to remain in the future. And again, right on, Tom Cotton. 
the point that I would make is there are 23 trifectas right now at the state level, meaning we have the governor mansion, governor's mansion, the state house, and the state senate majorities. 23 states at a minimum should be passing electoral integrity between now. So it, it's worth noting that Nancy Pelosi, obviously the, the house under her leadership, passed this bill last time. And Breitbart reported in 2019 that Pelosi's legislation is a massive federal power grab away from the states. The Constitution gives primary authority to the sovereign states to conduct elections. This bill, which again is a is the precursor to H.R. 1 that just passed again, uh, this bill empowers the federal government to micromanage elections by requiring states to give preclearance, to get preclearance from Washington, D.C. before changing their election procedures. H.R. 1 also mandates countless millions of taxpayer dollars to be given to candidates for their campaigns, requiring citizens to fund candidates who, who those citizens actually oppose for office. Additionally, it forces all states to allow all convicted felons who have completed their prison sentences to vote, who are, of course, projected to overwhelmingly favor Democrats, requires all states to allow same-day voter registration, which likely leads to voter fraud, makes it difficult for a state to discover if a voter is also voting in another state, it would prevent states from limiting early voting. It would prevent states from limiting voting by mail. It would require all states to provide free mail-in absentee ballots. It would criminalize political speech that the government deems discouraging to voters who are statistically more likely to vote Democrat. It would take redistricting away from elected leaders to give it to left-leaning commissions who are, quote-unquote, supposedly independent. It's especially important since Republicans control 62 of the 99 state legislatures throughout the country and thus are set to otherwise heavily benefit from the upcoming redistricting cycle following the sentence, uh, the 2020 census. So when this bill was debated in the last Congress, Alabama Republican uh, Mo Brooks uh, lambasted it by stating the, fo the following. As a backdrop, let me emphasize that the long-term goal of socialist Democrats is to dilute and undermine the voting power of American citizens. This legislation does its best to exploit and expand voter fraud loopholes. How do we know that? By past socialist Democrat actions and conduct. For example, in many parts of America where socialist Democrats enjoy dominant political control, they have made it lawful for illegal aliens and lawful non-citizens to vote, thereby diluting the vote of American citizens and undermining the ability of Americans to run their own governments. San Francisco is the largest such city where illegal aliens and other non-citizens can not only lawfully register to vote, they in fact vote in local elections. Further, H.R. 1 does its best to exploit and expand voter fraud loopholes that Socialist Democrats slipped into the past into past federal legislation that, for example, empowered as many as 95,000 non-citizens to register to vote and 58,000 non-citizens to actually vote in recent Texas elections. On November 5, 2020, Indiana Republican Representative Jim Banks tweeted the following. Democrats have always planned to use mail-in ballots to sway this election. That's why they introduced and passed H.R. 1 when Pelosi took the House majority in early 2019, long before the pandemic. If it had passed, every state election would look like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan right now. Uh, it's also worth noting in the previous Congress that H.R. 1 passed by 234 to 193. Pure party line, same thing that happened this last time. It was only 220 to 210, obviously because of Republican pickups. 
All present Democrats voted in favor both times. All present Republicans voted against. Since then, Republicans have obviously gained House seats. Democrats were still able to get it passed. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I, it's going to die in the Senate, right? They're not going to get the 60 votes necessary um, to get it through the legislative filibuster. So it, it, it faces really steep odds, uh, since, especially since there appears to be no crossover appeal at all. Of course, we have our share of idiots, whether it's Murkowski or, or Romney, even Ben Sass. I don't think they're going to do this. I don't think that that's stupid. Again, we'll see. Um, and I'm not convinced that Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Democrat, and uh, some of the other kind of blue dogish Democrats would actually vote for this. Who knows? But again, it's 50-50 with Kamala Harris being the tying vote. Long ways to get from 50 to 60 in this very uh, divided uh, political time. So here we are. It's passed through the House, coming to the Senate. I would note uh, that in 2019, March of 2019, the ACLU, surprisingly, came out against H.R. 1 back then due to its numerous regulations on political speech, which the group saw as a violation of First Amendment rights. Good for the ACLU. Uh, at the time, NPR described For the People Act as a 571-page compendium of existing problems and pro- proposed solutions for in four political hot zones, voting, political money, redistricting, and ethics. I would add they've added several hundred pages to the newest iteration of H.R. 1. So the main provision of the bill, uh, the Daily Wire, notes that among other things, H.R. 1 provides for automatic voter registration, makes Election Day a national holiday, which honestly I don't have a problem with. I've actually proposed that, but obviously we'd have to make sure there's certain things that are done, but I would actually like Election Day to be a celebration of this American republic. Uh, It would restore many felons' voting rights, cuts back further on states' ability to control their own voter rules, revives the previously gutted formula of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, mandates the disclosure of donors to politically active 501c4s, mandates that presidential inaugural committees disclose expenditures in addition to donors, and mandates that presidents and vice presidents must release their tax returns. They're like children, but... The ACLU said the following in a letter addressed to the then-chair and ranking member of the House Rules Committee, the American Civil Liberties Union, on behalf of its 3 million members, supporters, and activists, opposes H.R. 1, the For the People Act of 2019, as it was reported out of the House Administration Committee. We strongly urge the Rules Committee to allow floor amendments that would mitigate our concerns with the provisions that unconstitutionally infringe the freedoms of speech and association. There are provisions that unconstitutionally impinge on the free speech rights of American citizens and public interest organizations. They will have the effect of harming our public discourse by silencing necessary voices that would otherwise speak out about the public issues of the day. While there are many aspects of H.R. 1 that we, by that the ACLU, strongly support, the provisions outlined here must be changed to avoid unconstitutionally burdening political speech. So, Where are we today? All right, it's going into the Senate. I don't know when the Senate's going to pick it up. Um, Odds are it's not going to get through the Senate. But where are we overall with electoral integrity? Uh, There have been a lot of good things happening in the states. Uh, Georgia just passed a, and I believe it was passed through the state legislature, both the House and the state Senate, but don't quote me on that. But you actually have to produce a real photo ID to actually be able to request an absentee ballot. Again, what a shocking concept. 
I know in South Carolina, they're also passing legislation that is in line with DeSantis's, in which a private source, i.e. Zuckerberg, cannot fund public government election officials. Uh, I know that there's some things being worked on in Wisconsin. Again, Republicans control the state house, state senate. They do not control the governor's mansion. Uh, Evers is up for re-election next year. So the hope is that they'll be able to get something that's meaningful through that even he might sign off on, which I doubt, but at least prep the table for next go-around before 2024 uh, that hopefully we'll have a Republican governor in the mansion uh, in, in Madison, right? So there are states that are working on this. I think a lot of state legislators woke up and realized, first of all, I think a lot of them didn't understand what their rights were, what they could actually do. Uh, I think in the craziness of coronavirus, the left took wild advantage of the situation in which lawsuits, unelected officials, unelected state boards of elections, just like it was a perfect storm. Obviously, again, as I pointed earlier, Nancy Pelosi proposed a lot of these things that were actually implemented in 2020 back in 2019 before coronavirus was even a thing. They just used coronavirus as the excuse to be able to push some of this stuff through, uh, even though it was not legal. Right, A lot of what they did, there were some obviously some court cases that went their way, a lot of them actually, but a lot of what they did skirted state constitutions and state laws to achieve what they had hoped to do by passing H.R. 1 back in 2019, and again, they're at it again. Right, They're trying to codify in 2021 what they got away with in 2020. So it's incumbent upon these state legislatures uh, and 27 Republican governors like Ron DeSantis to say that's not happening. We're not going to allow you to play games with our electoral process. I mean, this is a huge, huge deal. So I would encourage you, if you want to find out more about H.R. 1, uh, Julie Kelly wrote a great piece on it at American Greatness. Uh, I know there was a great piece at the New York Post. Uh, I believe there was another great piece at Spectator USA. Get up to speed on it. I'd encourage you to call your elected officials uh, in, in Congress and say, especially in the Senate, obviously, since it's passed the House, don't even think about voting in favor of this. And then, obviously, lobby your state legislative, uh, your state legislators and your governor and your secretary of state, anybody that is involved in the electoral process. But again, the legislators and your governor who are going to be involved in passing any legislation that's going to bring about real, true electoral reform, um, lobby them because this is a big deal. If it's not done and not handled correctly, especially in these battleground states, I, I don't see a Republican winning a national election again and then eventually not winning even a race. I mean, honestly, a race of any importance in the battleground states. And if they're able to implement this in all 50 states, it becomes, you know, it really, be, you, you California, it's the Californication, I guess is the correct term. Basically, you, you export from California one-party rule in which they dominate every aspect of government. And then all of a sudden it happens, and you'll see one-party rule in America. That's the ultimate goal. So I would encourage you. I think we have between now and the 2022 elections to get this right. And if we don't, we're going to have real problems.